Here I am. Oop, I bumped into you. Fall in my mouth. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. You guys must be starving. I'll make some fettuccine. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack. A total joke. A waste of time. Or a slash. Totally killer. Pun intended. We believe horror is for everyone, and as such, we're writing these movies with the perspective we've gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we fancy most. My name is Chris, I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast, and this week I'm joined by the classic horror connoisseur, Sean. I always wanted to make love to an angry welder. It's Christmas in July this week as we close the book on a storied franchise we first covered back in episode 50. Over three decades have passed since Steven Spielberg's iconic film left audiences worldwide afraid to venture into the water and sparked an aquatic franchise spanning four films. When last we visited this franchise in episode 222, a mammoth 35-foot shark found itself trapped in a theme park. This time around, as we close the book on the franchise, there's a new predator in town and it's not just an ordinary ocean dweller. This one has a personal vendetta. This week's film brings us an alternate take on Chief Brody's family. This movie follows the plight of a widowed matriarch, convinced that her family is in the crosshairs of a vengeful marine menace. The production team faced a daunting race against the clock. Now, starting in September of 1986, they had a tight nine-month window to bring their vision to life for a summer release. The journey took them from the familiar shores of New England to the Universal Lot and then all the way to the tropical Bahamas. But this voyage of making this film wasn't all smooth sailing. With mechanical sharks causing delays and the inclement weather to contend with, there are whispers of whether the release date would even be met. Despite managing to navigate those choppy waters, the film didn't quite manage to make the splash it intended. It reeled in a comparatively modest $51.9 million gross at the box office, making it the lowest grossing installment in the franchise. Ultimately, face a tidal wave of critique. Now, will our judgment align with those critiques? Only time will tell, because this week, we're talking about Jaws the Revenge. Sean, have you seen this one before? I think I've seen this one a long time ago, back on this thing we used to call cable television. Not the cable television. Yeah, the good old cable television days. Yeah, I do think I've seen this one a long time on TV, but I I don't know. It, it's probably been easily 15 years or so since I've seen it. If I have, gotta say I didn't remember much. Yeah, I've seen this one before. Once when I was younger, probably also on the cable TV. This is not one that, that has been owned in my household. And I saw it again when we covered Jaws 3D. There's definitely a scene in the movie that stands out as memorable, but this franchise has always been about Jaws 3D for me. And I, I say that and I know a lot of people hate Jaws 3D, but it's just so campy and fun. I really enjoy it. Now, around the last time that we covered a Jaws movie, I got really sick, and I actually ended up spending my entire sick time in bed watching every fucking shark movie I could find. Like, three-headed shark, four-headed shark, 17-headed shark, whatever, you name it, I found it. This movie, though, was in the lineup, and that entire experience was a fever dream. I bet. There's also Sharknado. I did watch every single Sharknado. Oh my gosh. I know. I wasn't proud of myself. Now, going into this one, though, I expected it to be a fairly mediocre time because while I've seen it before, there have only really been two things that I remembered about it. Jimmy from Halloween 2, Lance Guest, and then Banana Boats. Okay. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not a huge Jaws fan in general, so there is that. But like, I, I don't really know what I expected out of this movie. I think mediocre is probably a good way to put it, but you know, really just expecting some people, some boats, some water, a shark, some people on a boat in the water with a shark. 
I mean, that's a pretty good recipe for disaster. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. As fair as those expectations are, I was surprised that I had a different experience watching it this time around. Now, let me just point out, if you're keeping up with what we've been putting down the last several weeks, we are on an absolutely absurd hacker slash historic streak of movies dealing with family grief. And it's honestly pure fucking luck. I have no <laughs> idea how this is happening. I don't think any of us like particularly sat down, especially since there's one quarter that I planned with Sean and then another quarter that I planned with Binks. How this fucking happened, I don't know. I might be just a little bit punch drunk with all this grief, but there's something about the way this movie tackles that and tackles loss that really gave me a gentle nudge in the right direction to not falling asleep. Really, honestly, that got me to buy into it a little bit more, and I was really entertained throughout the movie, apart from two major things. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait to hear how this sought out to entertain you. But I will say that as soon as the first line was spewed out, you could just tell this was going to be some B-movie acting. I mean, horrendous. Horrendous. When I say that, I mean, even the crying is so terrible in this film. Like, I could not get invested at all. The first feeling I had was immediate boredom. First feeling. First feeling watching it the line the first line that came out i'm talking like we're talking the first 60 to 90 seconds maybe i don't know but it was like i could just tell i could just tell the direction it was going in first 60 to 90 seconds of people or first 60 to 90 seconds of music and pov however long it took to get the first line in the movie okay all right no that's fair i can respect it listen i'm not saying that this movie's made of gold by any means. But but I will say, uh, there are two things that really, really surprised me. And that was, one, it's a fucking Christmas movie. Excuse me? What? Every single time I've watched this movie, I don't remember that, like, Christmas and New Year's are a pretty fucking big deal in this movie. Had no idea. It really was a fever dream that I was that I was experiencing. I really was surprised. Oh, God, I feel like Sean's going to judge me so hard. What a fun movie this was in retrospect. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. This is so weird. Listen, there are two things that really soured it, though. Two things, and it's a minimum of two. There's a specific visual treatment used for very key moments, and we'll discuss that later, but I hate to say it. There were also moments I was disappointed in the shark, and I know, hey, you listened to the Joss 3D episode? You listened to this? Yes, me being disappointed in this shark is coming from someone who looks the other way with a 1D shark in Jaws 3D. It's a 1D shark image in Jaws 3D that they tried to pass off as a 3D object in the last movie that crashes into the glass. I know, it's one of the worst shots we've ever seen on this fucking podcast, and I still loved it. But listen, in the water, this shark looks great. And, and don't get me wrong, there are a couple moments when I was thinking, hmm... The shark is a bummer. There are some things that we can agree on here. I definitely was also surprised to find out that this was a Christmas movie. I wasn't expecting that. It felt a little out of place, but I wasn't expecting it. And and I was also a little bit disappointed in the way that Jaws looked in the film. I think you said it may have looked good in the water. So for me, I don't know. In the water, out of the water, I just couldn't buy into it at all. But also know that I don't necessarily think that Jaws looked good in any Jaws film. Not not a single one. 
No, that, that's fair. I think the, the probably the best it ever looked was maybe in the first Jaws. I can't remember really specifically anything about Jaws 2, aside from, like, not really liking it very much. Yeah. Like, it was a good movie, objectively, but it was a boring movie. And I think that's what it is for me. The first Jaws is iconic because of its cinematography, its ability to have a lasting impact, and to make you afraid of sharks. I get it. Jaws 2, eh. Jaws 3, ton of fun! This one, interesting in some moments. It's just a whole different vibe. And I think I unlocked why that is. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll get there as we uh, start to unravel what this plot is about. But let me say that there's also two moments in this movie that felt like, in terms of fear, they probably could have been effective. But overall, this isn't remotely the scariest Jaws movie. Like, the first movie's known for just, like, terrifying people. This movie, absolutely fucking not. I think there's, like, a, a potentially a jump scare moment that might get you if you just don't even know what a horror movie is. <laughs> but it does have, like, this really particular auditory mechanic that I think is really good at building suspense. Well, we're going to break that down. But I will say, when Michael said, I'm scared shitless, well, I'm fucking glad someone was scared shitless because <laughs> I sure wasn't. This movie was not scary at all. It was more comical than anything. I, I would say that this movie will like probably like the first one would play into your fear of open water. But even this film failed to evoke that feeling out of you. Yeah, to be clear, this is not even as scary as the movie Open Water. That movie, even though there's no possible other fucking outcome, that movie's still scary as hell. For sure. This movie is not that. But I don't think that actually diminished my ability to understand their concerns or fears. Like, I didn't find anything in this movie really that funny. Yeah, it's not that it was like funny like a comedy. It was just comical in the sense of poor acting and bad effects and I can see, right, like I can see where some people might have fun watching a movie like this and, and just making fun at it or, or of it or whatever and just having a good time with it. And don't get me wrong, there's some really trashy B movies that I have a good time with. This just wasn't one of them. Mm, okay. Well, I can acknowledge that there's a lack of pizzazz in this movie. Like Jaws 3D, you got Dennis Quaid, you got cocaine, you got SeaWorld. It's a fucking exciting movie. Uh, no, no matter which way you, you, you slice it up, this movie is not that. And I think it does take a particular approach to the shark that I find uh, slightly compelling. But at the end of the day, it's a shark movie. And uh, Sean, you, you said it. it's a shark movie. You're expecting some shark, some water, people, boats, people mm -hmm. in the water on a boat with a shark. There's nothing really to spice it up here. Yeah, I, I really don't know how original you can get presenting pretty much the same scenario as previous Jaws films, in essence, right? Maybe maybe the evolution of the backstory of the family, maybe that's worth something. I give it maybe a point or two for that. But overall, it's it's basically the same backbone of the story inserting slightly different scenarios. It sounds like you really just gave it a point for retconning. Pretty much. Really jumping the shark backwards erasing the timeline and resetting the timeline that's what you just gave it points for <laughs> but you know you're not wrong and i think that same thing actually also applies to the ending listen folks it's a jaws movie it's standard fare you're not here for the ending you're here for what happens before the ending you're here for a big fucking fish eating some fucking people and you know you, you get that but did anyone really enjoy this ending it was not great it felt so slow the whole movie and then the end just felt kind of rushed 
apparently there's two different endings to this film and maybe the original cut is better from what I've read, but this ending just didn't do it for me. Okay, see, I watched this movie and when I watched it last year, I forgot that there's an alternate take because I felt something in this movie and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I was like, okay, all right, cool. I'm actually not that mad. I actually did not hate the end of this movie at all. I wasn't like blown away by it, no pun intended, but <laughs> it's not something that I like am like frowning at or giving a thumbs down. This is just a quaint time. It's perfect for a shark induced fever dream. Yeah, you know, but, and we're going to talk about it, I'm sure, but, you know, the ending, there was just a moment that just didn't feel right, you know? There was just an outcome that just didn't feel right to me, and and we'll dive into that in the second half, but one, the ending felt rushed, like, they felt like they rushed to get there, and two, that one thing just kind of ruined it for me. Okay, I need to know what the hell this one thing is, and I can't wait to talk about that in the second half, but let's make our way towards our ratings. So I think we can stop dancing around this and really dive into some stuff. Sean, how would you describe the gore score? Well, there is blood in this movie. It doesn't always necessarily look real all of the time, but it's there nonetheless. I would have to say because we don't really see a ton of the graphic details of this shark eating its prey and we just see a fair amount of mediocre blood, this one is getting one of those medium rare gore scores Not the medium rare okay what about the animal report the animal report is safe outside of shark all right well let's go ahead and get into our ratings then jaws the revenge from 1987 was it a hacker or slash from the acting to the effects to the extremely absurd plot i couldn't be more disinterested in this movie i don't know what it is about these water monster horror films but most of them just don't do it for me there was just nothing there for me honestly i I found myself continuously checking the time to see when this movie was going to be over and that's never a good thing and granted it's a better christmas movie than the mean one (laughs) but that's not saying much because this one is an absolute hack wow You know, points for being better than the mean one, though. Oh, no. Listen, Sean, like you, I'm not super crazy about the Jaws franchise. I can take it. I can leave it. Doesn't really matter. But let me tell you that this was such a different experience watching this movie this time around. Having already seen it a couple times before. Now, maybe I was just in the perfect mood for it, but there were moments when it was sad. And I'm not saying that it was effectively like Academy Award winning. Wow, this what a portrayal of grief. But it was just sad enough to poke at my own sadness lately. And then it was fun. And then it was compelling. And it had a charming cast that I didn't feel had a ton of issues with poor acting. I thought it had a solid approach to the Brody brothers. And even more importantly, this is the closest Jaws gets to feeling like a slasher for me. And listen, Jaws 3D is still my campy favorite in this franchise, but this one, mm, if I were to arbitrarily do a ranking of the franchise right here, right now, this one would be tied for second place, and it's a confident slash. Wow. And with that, Jaws the Revenge is split down the middle, having earned one hack and one slash. Now, you can check the link in our show notes to find where you can watch this movie right now or pass if you dare. Join us in the second half so we can chum these waters together. We'll see you in a bit. (laughs) 
This episode of Hacker Slash is brought to you by Fantastic Floaties, the inflatable swim accessories that turn every beach day into an epic ocean adventure. At Fantastic Floaties, we believe that a day at the beach should be filled with excitement, and what's more thrilling than swimming alongside the most fearsome creatures of the deep? That's why we've created a line of swim accessories designed to make a splash. Our signature Sharktacular pool float is shaped like a great white shark, complete with a built-in dorsal fin, razor-sharp teeth, and a lifelike paint job that's guaranteed to turn heads. Float around in style while keeping fellow beachgoers on their toes. And don't forget about our jawsome swim fins, designed to give you the speed and agility of a real shark. Outswim any danger, or simply enjoy the thrill of gliding through the water like the ocean's top predator. As a hacker slash listener, you're in for an exclusive offer. Use promo code HACKFIN20 at checkout to get 20% off your first Fantastic Floaties purchase. So, dive into the deep end with Fantastic Floaties and make every beach day an adrenaline-pumping adventure. Remember, when it comes to having fun in the sun, you're going to need a bigger float. Welcome back, folks. You are now entering the spoiler zone for Jaws the Revenge, which has earned one slash and one hack. Now, we have a lot to unpack here, but before we get into the specifics of our ratings, let's go through the kills. Well, we don't even get the pleasure of having a high kill count in this movie. We have a total of three kills in this one, and one of those is Jaws himself. Which, honestly, really doesn't even count. Right, right. And the original cut, which I did not see, and I'm sure, I'm not sure if anyone else did or has seen it in the past. I'm not even sure if that's the one that I saw all them years ago, but... In the original cut, Jake actually dies, and Jaws doesn't get blown up, but still dies. Yeah, which would be complete fucking bullshit. Jake did not deserve to die. Honestly, Jake was more maimed than he ever deserved to be. It was unnecessary. But let me tell you, I know that we have a low body count, but this movie has some cojones for killing off a main character. Part of the core four. And by the core four, I mean Chief Brody and his whole family. They killed Sean. Yes. Sean, they killed you, bro. I know. Okay. The line that I have right here written down in my notes is, of course, a Sean with the same spelling as me has to die first. Dude, can we just acknowledge, though, how badass it is for them to just, like, kill off a central character in the beginning of the movie? This kid made it through two movies. Well, technically all three, but made it through two movies in this timeline and then just to get nabbed on Christmas. Here's why I appreciate this so much. Hanging on the fridge in his mom's house, there is a paper with the Titanic. It's a picture of the sinking Titanic. And it says, the only difference between this place and the Titanic is they had a band. Now, Sean, he has a very agonizing death. He's screaming for help and his boat sinks and why is he screaming for help but no one's coming to rescue him Um... it's because the christmas carolers were his band and he was on the titanic he went down with the ship and honestly how sad for him that this is how he goes getting his arm chomped off christmas carolers like this is the second time we've had this issue Hmm. christmas carolers in horror movies means no one's ever gonna hear your screams true i didn't even put all of that together because i didn't even see that hanging on the fridge or whatever I didn't even notice that at all. That's why I know. I'm telling you, man, this thing, I think it has more than meets the eye. Hmm. 
Yeah, but I do like what you linked there with the picture on the fridge with the Titanic and him going down with the ship. That I can appreciate. Yeah, and then, ah, oh, man, just being a mom, chilling with your kid, having a fun time on a banana boat, then getting chomped. Yeah, that's a tough one. Nobody deserves it in Jaws, except for that one guy in Jaws 3D. Yeah, and and here here's the thing. Whether or not, you know, Jake as a character deserved to die in the original cut, it just makes sense that he dies based on what happens to him. He literally gets his whole body in the mouth of Jaws. He's getting mutilated. There's blood everywhere. The fact that this fucker lives is absurd. And that don't get me wrong, I like the guy. I like the guy. But he should have died. Listen, I know that it is highly unlikely for him to have been in the teeth of Jaws, nearly swallowed, while Jaws is also convulsing. Because we see him convulsing, and then Jake's not even in his mouth anymore. So you would presume that he's been swallowed, and I guess he's just got spit out. There is a lot of questionable shit there, 100%. But I was so overwhelmed with my relief that he wasn't dead that I just simply don't care. What I find really unlikely, though, and I know I'm going back to this, how did they recover any of Sean's body? He seemed thoroughly chomped. That's true. Wait, did we actually see his dead body, like, in the funeral, or did they just have a closed casket for the sake of having Closed casket, but before the funeral, when she is there, it's almost like confirm his identity, there's a body bag. And then the other cop goes and grabs his belongings and says, Mm. "Uh, here are his belongings, I thought you'd want them. So it like alludes to the fact that there probably is something of him inside that bag. Yeah, I guess if you have a body bag, I mean, maybe they maybe they just kind of fished up the uh, whatever was left of him, whether it was belongings or maybe like a leg, a foot, yeah, maybe a torso. Yeah, one raincoat. That's about it. One raincoat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll never know. Which holy shit? Okay, obviously. This doesn't really line up with the parallels of Stephen King's It, but to be the younger brother getting your arm fucking chomped off while you're wearing a yellow raincoat? Hey. Absolutely fantastic. Definitely. Definitely. Let's also just shed some light on the death of Jaws because, man, there was an opportunity there after they blow him up into pieces of meat. They should have ate that son of a bitch. (laughs) They should have collected those pieces, thrown it on the fucking grill, and ate that son of a bitch. But here's the thing. If they eat that son of a bitch, then the curse of Jaws lives in them. Well, maybe they'll become the predator and they don't have to worry about it. Apex predator. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to do any of that because, A, it feels like it blew up, but then what the fuck else was inside it when it blew up? True. Like, what are you doing to that meat? That's true. Nothing good. Probably some pieces of shrapnel in there, too. You'd have to fish out of there or poke out of there. Hey, you already had to debone a fish, and I wouldn't want to, like, de-shrapnel a fish either. Yeah. However, let me just say this. I will acknowledge that the slow-mo of the shark blowing up and the chunks were shit in the movie. Well, not worst part of the movie altogether, but one of the two things that really bothered me. Yeah, I can definitely see that for sure. I mean, though, when you think when you think to the original cut of his death and there isn't any jaws getting blown up, he just literally dies from jumping into the boat and getting speared because there's no way that they force the boat into him. There's no way you can maneuver a boat that well. I think in the original cut, he was maneuvered in, like the boat was maneuvered into him. But yeah, he jumped and then I think imploded with the uh, with the contraption that was inside of him. And then those two things, it's science. I don't fucking know. Shark's dead. 
that's really all I'm here for. This is true. Now, while the chunks of shark were not impressive to me, I did appreciate the bloody chummed waters. I know that you think the the gore was pretty mediocre, right? It was pretty medium rare, but I didn't mind it. Yeah, okay. So gore-wise, as far as effects, I just didn't see enough of it. I want to see the limbs being eaten off. Like, if I'm going to look at that kind of gore. There were parts I was fine with. I think when the blood maybe hits the water, it's fine. But outside of the water, just sometimes didn't look real. Like when the dude is throwing pieces of meat into the water trying to bait Jaws, the blood that was on his hands looked just like red paint to me. Which, again, I, for some reason, I I didn't mind. Here it is. But here, I think the reality is that Jaws has never really been a particularly gory franchise. I think there are some shots that are like, ooh, and I mean, they get a kid in the first movie. But Jaws 3D was, I think, more gory than any other film in the franchise. And so there isn't much of that in here. Sure. But I think it was done tastefully. I didn't really mind it. What I did also really love, though, was the cinematography, specifically the swimming POV of the shark as it's approaching Amity. That was solid. It really gave me and threw me back. And this is the start of why I say this movie is a slasher. It's the start of this shark's approach, a la Michael Myers' journey following Judith into the Myers' house. Yeah, that POV shot of the shark floating through the water, definitely a good visual. I mean, all all the underwater shots were halfway decent, but really specifically just the coral reefs and whatnot. You know, those were cool. I like those. Just those? Yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. I do think that Jaws in the water looked better than Jaws out of the water, like you said before. I will give them some credit that Jaws did also have some scars, but I I think there's an opportunity to make Jaws look a little bit more realistic. When you're thinking about what this shark actually looks like, Sean, I think about my favorite scene. The best he's ever looked was when Michael is out of his submersible in the water and then the shark comes to him right we can hear the heartbeat happening and then as unlikely as it is they manage to get this shark in an underwater hallway through this sunken wreckage yeah but there's specifically a shot of the shark coming through the rotten wood and into the sunken vessel that was chef's kiss man that was fucking great yeah that was easily one of the better shots in the film for sure just just him poking through but also even though it was a really good shot it was also for me and i don't know if it was just me but it was a little bit comical because it looked at first like he just pokes his little nose through like real slow like and then all of a sudden he bursts through so it's almost like a "Hmm, what's going on in there and then boom it's an interesting parallel to an earlier part in the movie when we first see the shark right the shark comes up and it looks so good when the camera cuts from michael up top to jake down in his submersible and then all you see is the shark's eye behind him Mm. that was creepy as fuck but then they took that terror and immediately deflated it because the shark just goes nom and like just very slowly comes up to the boat with enough time for michael to jump up and it's just anticlimactic yeah i'm telling you we just need to see more brutality in this one we just really needed to see more death like the fact that that we only had two victims out of how many people were out there on a boat and even there wasn't a lot but like man some of these like random guys that were just on the boat could have died easily and it would have been better let's see some death that's fair i think if they do do a reboot of this of this whole franchise i would not mind the direction that they go where the sharks are hunting down the family, the Brody family, but there's got to be a bigger body count. There was a scene that I thought was so random and hilarious. Maybe I just didn't understand it, but 
it is a scene where Michael and his wife are walking on the beach and all of a sudden he just starts taking off he just runs yeah what the fuck is happening here like why why are you just running away on the beach for for fun yeah for some reason and this is something just deep that i have to go back and confirm i think it's a reference to maybe jaws 2 for some reason that's where my heart is i can't pull up and and rethink of the receipts but jaws 2 is when this son was a little bit older and you know he had these um these this little bit of conflict with his dad he wanted to go out and have some fun and then gets he and his brother in a whole mess of trouble i think it was a callback to that but also it was just fucking weird yeah if that was like a a callback to jaws 2 man it like i don't know maybe i'm just that uninvested in this franchise that i i can't even recall things that happened in previous films like i mean to be fair, I, I couldn't even recall that it was a different Jaws or a different shark each movie. And to be honest, now that I'm thinking about it, it should be the same shark in every movie. And he should be getting more and more beat up and ugly and, and just scary looking as the films progress. <laughs> but maybe they just weren't thinking that far ahead. I mean, I don't think Steven Spielberg really had any intentions of making more than one shark movie. That is fair. But going forward, going forward. Going forward when we remake this thing? Yeah. Rob even pointed out in the chat that there's never been a box set because Steven Spielberg says he can't stand the idea of his movie being packaged with terrible sequels. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. Wow. But did you not feel anything during the banana boat scene? Well, you know, listen, she took one for the team. There were kids on that banana boat. She should have taken one for the team. I don't think she intended to, really. She didn't at all. (laughs) I I, I didn't really feel anything. No, not any real emotion. I want to see a little bit more of the severity there. It kind of felt like the shark just like comes up, but even that just looks like it's just like here i am oop i bumped into you fall in my mouth i get that you don't feel anything but the banana boat scene is one of the ones that i remember most in this franchise specifically because of how close that sweet little baby angel girl and the rest of those kids came to sudden death a banana boats look silly as fuck and this is the only context in which i've ever seen a banana boat exist i would never go on a vessel of this nature i don't think i'm ever going to be on a waterborne vessel which i have to straddle because of this movie yeah okay i can see that i can see that there's the severity of like there's kids out there and you thinking like it is the are the kids about to get eaten and so yeah i can see where you're coming from there but you know at the end of the day they didn't get eaten. They were fine. And are you saying that this movie would have been better if at least one of those kids died? A hundred percent. He can't prevent the death of his brother or his daughter. And that's when Michael has his revenge. Listen, this shark just wants a little baby back ribs, you know? Okay, but thinking about the potential there, right? Some of these characters certainly had some plot armor. Even though we lost a main character for this franchise in the opening moments, but I've got to say, I really enjoyed a lot of the character work here. And I know you said that this movie is riddled with bad acting, but ooh, man, I just don't agree. Maybe it was just an 80s thing, but I I like a lot of... 80s films that don't feel like this so i i don't know i i just didn't feel invested maybe in the same way that you were i think that michael kane was all right but even he wasn't a main character the, the acting to me just felt it, it just felt lackluster it felt a little cheesy it didn't feel serious like even in those moments where it's supposed to be serious and emotional and you're crying over you know your son's death or whatever it just didn't feel real i didn't buy into it i i, I felt literally no empathy or sympathy or for any of the characters really i i just couldn't here's what i can appreciate our girl mrs brody 
now a widow, went through some hard shit in this movie. And I think one of the really interesting things here is her having her mother's intuition and then trying to come to peace with it feeling like maybe she's being a little bit ridiculous and then really trying to battle it and convince herself that she can just ignore it like there's a point in particular where she's at a moment of like dancing with hoagie with michael kane's character yeah and he knows that something is wrong and she's like fighting it off right she's just she's trying to just let it go there are moments where michael this whole time had been talking to her like no you're like this isn't this isn't rational you know the, the sharks don't come into the warm waters it's tropical it's it's not it's not good for them to live here and so he's just being very logical every step of the way and then when he sees the shark there's this conflict and this is what i really enjoyed he makes a dumb decision not to say anything to his mom but it's one of those times where it's a dumb decision that maybe i can slightly understand to a certain level because you wanted to have a moment's peace and you don't want to disrupt that she has been through so much. There's only there, there's only so much more that she can take. I could see that being an understandable move if you're going to take this as seriously as you need to. I can appreciate that he's conflicted. I can appreciate letting her have her peace. He should have told his wife. You know what I mean? This shouldn't just have been a secret between him and Jake. And I did appreciate that later he goes to confront his fears. But I think it was that switch. It was the point where she's been haunted by this for how many years now she's letting go, and now he is kind of picking that up. He is the one waking up from nightmares. So I really enjoyed that dynamic. For sure. Yeah, he should have definitely said something to his wife in hindsight. He also just, man, he should have fought a little harder. I mean, I get that's what they do. They that That's their career in marine biology and whatever they're doing with those sea snails. Man, he should have just left it alone. He's lucky that he lived, and he's also lucky that his buddy lived, even though he shouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, there's a part where he didn't really want to go fucking around with that shark. This was a classic case of fuck around and find out. It really was. But he did ultimately get uh, swayed into doing it. I will actually give him some kudos, you know? He he was the only one really getting attacked because he was the only one going in the water, right? While his buddy stayed on the boat. And even after he had that big attack, right, he still was like... Nah, man, I'm going back in because if I don't, I'll never go back in. Yeah. See, that is a moment that I can really appreciate. And let me just tell you this. I love so much that we have Lance Guest in this movie who plays Jimmy in Halloween 2. And this movie proves to me what a crime it is that we didn't have more Jimmy in the Halloween franchise. I think people like to think maybe Jimmy is the father of one of Lori's many kids in these fucking timelines, but it's never really canonically proven. But man, he he really should have been more present because I think he did a great job in this movie. Apart from that one rando fucking running on the water, running on the beach scene. That was a little bizarre. I can acknowledge that. It was, it was a little bizarre. I guess out of all of the acting... His wasn't the worst. Who was the worst? You know, Ellen and maybe even Carla. I just, I don't know. The two of them just didn't, just didn't evoke the emotions for me. I think Ellen would take the cake just because when she was crying, I just didn't believe it at all. It felt a little bit over the top for me. Oh, man. I couldn't disagree more. Really? I didn't mind her at all. Yeah, there was a moment. Okay. There is a moment where everything is totally fine and it feels like she's allowing herself to feel better. And then... It's like this wave of guilt consumes her. And just as she's starting to feel happy, she starts bawling again. And that like wave of grief 
felt super real to me. I, I had no objections to it whatsoever. I just didn't buy it at all. It felt like she was like she had the tears coming out, but the actual sound of her crying felt like she was literally just forcing that out, really playing some good pretend crying there. Like I just it just wasn't for me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what wasn't for me is Hoagie preying on her grief. True. Yeah. Hoagie was a creeper. He was definitely a creeper. I mean, I get it. They had some laughs. She's enjoying things, but it's giving rebound. I know that her husband's probably been dead for quite some time now at this point, but this is in the pretty immediate aftermath of her son's death, and it just feels problematic. Yeah, he was a creeper. He was kind of a predator in a sense. I mean, I guess he's kind of like that in all of his movies, Michael Caine. He's just kind of a quirky guy, right? He's just kind of silly. He makes some, you know, some jokes and stuff like that. And it kind of works. Maybe he's just, he's just a typecast actor for that type of scenario there. I mean, he's done some other stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'll tell you what, though. There was one moment that I think was very cute. And it was when Thea was trying to get to cheer her dad up, right? Was trying to cheer Michael up and he's all frowning and she's mimicking everything that he does. Okay. I'll give that one. So Thea, best actor in the film. Absolutely. I absolutely love that moment. It is a callback to the original Jaws when Chief Brody's sons are mimicking him. But here's the thing. This was actually cute. And her father's interaction with her was actually cute. Mm. It was it started with the crayon, then it went to the milk, and then her face. This was way cuter than the scene with the father and his sons. 100%, hands down. Yeah, absolutely. That one got me. So I'll give it that. Which, you know, really, this takes me into what I feel is the worst part of this movie. The sepia tone fucking flashbacks. God, it looks so bad. And it wasn't just bad enough to have it once but to have it so many times and to have that flashback when we actually get chief brody attempting to kill jaws and we have that quote coming from him absolutely fucking not couldn't stand it i'm not against the idea of having a flashback but you didn't need to wash it out in fucking brown that's a good call i really am struggling to find a best part of this movie I'm not just out here trying to completely trash this film. I truly am struggling. I guess maybe the Junkanoo Festival looked pretty fun. The festival. Yeah, the festival looked pretty fun. Yeah. We have a shark that is a slasher. We have an iconic score making its way back ever so slightly. We have this motherfucker hunting down a family in Amity, (laughs) killing someone on Christmas. Well, just before Christmas. Traveling into (laughs) the new year. Making his way from Amity to the Bahamas, and you think that festival is the best part of this movie? I get it. It's fine. Dude, it looked pretty fun. I'm just saying. Yeah. Let me share with you what I think is one of the best parts of this movie. And I know, I know I had to pick a worse part, but I've already done it. I love how many ties there are between this movie and Halloween. We have Lance Guest, who was in Halloween 2. He played Laurie Strode's love interest. Well, perceived love interest. He really didn't want to get her a fucking coke the whole night. But going back into even the original Jaws, Dick Warlock did stunts for Jaws. Michael Myers did stunts for Jaws. And then there's always these parallels of Michael Myers being almost like a great white shark, of being a predator, an apex predator. Interesting. I absolutely fucking love that moment. But it's also just the suspense with which this shark moves. And I think it being a personal vendetta feels the most michael myers like again i'm not saying it's a fantastic movie i'm not saying that there's any real big ties here but the fact that we have a shark hunting down a family with a vendetta 
with a vengeance? That absolutely is some petty slasher shit. Okay, yes, it is. But it doesn't make sense if it's a different fucking shark. Listen, that shark is getting vengeance for his other sharks. Uh, on who? His buddy? Is his buddy? His kind. His people. Okay. All right. I think that also pairs really well with just that, again, I say it again, that heartbeat mechanic, right? There are points where we hear the shark's heartbeat. And to have that serve as the that was so fucking eerie. That was good. It was an unstoppable shark. I mean, until he got stopped. Until <laughs> I tell you, this is how slashers work. Unkillable shark until it was killed. So I take it you're not going to watch this again. Oh, I still can't believe I spent $4 on this fucking movie. There is no chance in hell that I'm watching this one again. Before you rent another movie that you haven't seen... Just let me know first, and I'll see if I can find it for you. I'll let you know, because I am definitely debating whether or not I want to dispute this charge as fraud and then change my bank account just so I didn't have to pay for the $4 for this fucking movie. (gasps) Oh my gosh, that's so intense. That's quite the reach, Sean. (laughs) I know. All because they fucking killed a guy named Sean, huh? You know it. Can't come for us, Sean's. <laughs> That's pretty passionate. I absolutely am going to watch this movie again. It is, hey, as of now, tied for second in terms of favorite in the franchise. So maybe after my heart has healed some more in a couple years, maybe I'll watch it and be like, wow, what the fuck was I thinking this whole time? But I think for now, it holds up pretty well. And well... There you have it, folks. Jaws the Revenge has earned one hack and one slash. Now, the real bitch of this situation is the fact that this is the last Jaws movie, so there's no reason for us to ever have to rewind these movies, except by request. So Binks and Mac will never have to address their scores of this. They escaped. Well, we've certainly had a robust discussion here. It doesn't end here by any means. We want to know what you think, so let us know. You can join in on the conversation by hanging out with us for free over in our Discord. Click the link in our show notes to sign up. And if you've enjoyed listening to us dive into the depths of the water to talk about this floppy fish, consider becoming one of our patrons. Visit patreon.com slash hacker slash to enjoy more of the show with early access, extended episodes, bonus content, and live show. We'll see you next time, folks. And remember, you've got two loves in your life. What you do and who you're with. What the hell are we arguing about? Oh,